0: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Josh, co-founder of Urban Valor. Welcome to another episode of the Urban Valor podcast. Our guest today is Marine veteran Chris Pacheco. Chris grew up in Chino, California. His parents migrated to the United States from Cuba and El Salvador. He joined the Marines as an amphibious assault vehicle crewman, a.k.a. tracks. Chris had an alcohol problem going into the Marines, which contributed to some mental health issues during his enlistment, such as not being able to sleep for days at a time. Although he struggled mentally, Chris still received numerous awards such as the Marine of the Ship, Gung Ho Marine, and a Meritorious Mast. He leaves us with his experience on how he set himself up to succeed upon transitioning out of the military. If you enjoy this episode, go give us a five-star rating and leave a comment to help support our veterans. The bigger the community, the bigger the impact. If you'd like to contribute your story to Urban Baller and know anyone else who may, reach out to us on Instagram at TV or you can email us at team at UrbanBalor.com. Enjoy the show.
1: Chris Pacheco. I was in the Marine Corps 2014 to 2018, and I did amphibious assault vehicles. Nice. So, and uh, what rank did you get out? So, Sergeant. Sergeant, E5, right. Yep. So I grew up in Chino. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I would say I lived a privileged life. I went to private school. My parents worked really hard, had a very massive focus on education. So my life has had been pretty strict for sure. Like, dad was very disciplined guy, mm. sharp guy, you know, kind of like tuck in your shirt before you leave this house kind of mm. guy. You know, be respectful to everybody and uh, patriotic for sure. Mm. You know, my parents were Salvadorian, and they, uh, you know, so that there was no like uh, pride or patriotism to where they came from. It was like America's like first you know yeah. like you have the opportunity to like expand so i always kind of i felt like i had dreamed big but i was in an environment that was very high performance very academic based oh, that's good played sports and everything growing up too so i wasn't a complete you know nerd but, yeah you know, did, played high school sports did your
0: stuff. parents were, were are they were they born in in el
1: salvador yeah they were born in salvador mm. Da- mm. dad was actually born in cuba like moved to el salvador So, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of history, like, behind my family, like, lineage wise. Yeah. You know, they ended up here and, you know, they, they, I would say they were living the American dream. Yeah. You know, my dad, you know, my, it's crazy. Like, my mom talks about, like, some, sometimes, like, backgrounds of my dad when they lived in New York and Miami and LA. And he, and it, like, it was hard to hear. like about my dad because he would be like him struggling like I never like could picture my dad like struggling like to get a job or something like that um so you know he rose up and you know became a mortgage broker same line that I I did my mom's been doing it for 35 years she's my business partner now but um wow yeah like my parents we lived great like I always you know I was in the car seat and an s-series mercedes like my parents worked a lot wow, to be able to provide for that so
0: yeah that's that's uh that's very fortunate man
1: so um my so though that was like i would say like up until like 15 16 very privileged very sheltered you know life uh didn't go to parties nothing then um the economy 2007 2008 Started to go down. It was a big subprime boom for the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad basically, like, I mean, he he had told us back then. I didn't understand it, but he's saying he was like talking about like there's a lot of bad loans being made out there. Mm-hmm. That's like basically going to be dangerous, like for our economy, right? Yeah. And I refused to do them. Um, so he, you know,
0: yeah, he he he, he, was, he was already. Talking to you about this before, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like you would, yeah, because you like had refused to do them. Yeah. So like a lot of his business went to other places, right? Mm. So, you know, in this business, you know, you're not getting money and commission unless you're closing the deal. So, we were going through that phase. It was like it was very weird. Um, and yeah, my dad, you know, he unfortunately, you know, he passed in 2009. Mm. I was a senior in high school and um you know he was battling a lot of a lot of health issues oh, really? before that yeah and um alcohol being one of them like mm. you know it was it was tough it was tough growing up but i would always say that he died with dignity at least you know mm. he had his shortcomings but uh like i i talked to my wife about this yesterday i was very happy how my dad kind of grew me up especially in this environment that's so progressive now my dad was like that old school like suit and tie you know be a gentleman mm. like you're the hunter of the family like yeah kind of guy you know right I mean? protect your mom protect your wife like at all costs yeah, yeah. kind of dude so like i was really happy that so basically to answer your question that's part of like when my dad passed it was like literally the summer of high school uh, the summer, yeah, leading into my senior year, dude, I had freedom. Like, my mom was still working really hard. Like, I had freedom like I never had before. Started going to parties a lot. Started, you know, hanging out with the crowd. And I went to, you know, a lot, I, it was such a strict, um, uh, such a strict uh, uh, upbringing academically that I, like when I went to Cal Poly Pomona, like had everything paid for, mm. just squared away, and I saw the college life, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "We don't have to, we don't have uh, to go to class." Yeah. <laughs> like you know, what? This is awesome. Frat parties, all that stuff, got all mixed in. We we're running a nightclub inside of a Mexican restaurant. I was like trying to do entrepreneurial stuff. Oh wow! But like never going to class. Yeah, you know, always you know drinking partying chicks whatever right mm-hmm. so um um my basically by my sophomore year so i was 20 years old 0. 0.7 gpa the school was saying that they got i got to pay back all the grants everything oh shit. back to the school uh academically like just done like so i went from like very, very studious academic to literally be in a college flunk out. Mm. Right? Flunking. And I was like self-esteem just down the drain. Mom was not having it. She's like, you got to get out and just go figure it out on your own. Yeah. So I always say that the Marine Corps or any armed services, they have the best marketing uh, plan for anybody that's struggling free food and free rent um, right <laughs> i was uh, i was uh, i was going to Santa Ana college uh-huh. and um trying to be a firefighter and i seen how hard it is to get into firefighting and mm-hmm. i was taking all the classes and a marine corps veteran's like dude you should just join the marine corps man like think about it he goes you get free food free rent you're out here by yourself i was struggling man just working you know uh waiter jobs and back of the kitchen stuff and just trying to make ends meet and mm-hmm. then you know i walked in and i was probably the easiest recruit ever man like just yeah. i like and by the way like so i joined at 21 i was trying to join as a senior in high school but my uncle literally came to my house to like talk me i was already signed up with the recruiter and everything he made me come out of the um he made me, like, come out of basically the, they call it, like, the debt program. The
0: late entry program? Yeah, yeah. he
1: made me come out of it, dog. And I was so scared, I couldn't even face my recruiter, dog. My uncle grabbed the documents and dropped it off in front of his office. Why didn't he want you to go? He was, like, basically the way, because my dad had just passed. Mm. So it was, like, gonna. he was looking out for his sister, for my mm. mom, for sure, like, um, and I think it was the right move at the time, you know, I just was so, um, reckless back then, man. Like that was like during that college time, yeah. like that senior college time. And like, it was just some like really like wild times where I shouldn't have been there. So that's part of like my, a lot of my motivation now, like giving back to my mom. Cause like, I know that those were already tough times. Eco- economically, mm-hmm. especially for the family. And then kind of just like putting that as an extra burden, you know? Yeah. But it was, it was just really strange. Yeah. It was really strange
0: times. So, so you go into the Marines. It sounds like because college wasn't working out for you. Right. Yeah. Right. Did you get to pick your job?
1: I did. I got a, so I, I, I can think I scored like really high on the test. Mm-hmm. So they basically told me like I could do whatever I want. And, um, so i went and uh i i wanted to join and not say at the end like i didn't do like a real marine corps job you know mm. so I, I did like combat support it was so it was either i was going to be i think artillery or or tracks basically or i think a forward observer or something like that mm. so they just chose me like okay you're going into aavs you know mm. needs of the marine corps <laughs> Wow. No I no idea what it was, though. Yeah. I like, no, never saw a pamphlet for it, nothing, though. Yeah. So how did you take
0: the boot camp? You know, growing up strict and stuff, it seems like your pops yeah. was on your was
1: Yeah, on your it was like, it was actually like, <laughs> I was like, it was like the first time I understood my dad, because, yeah, that was like a very sobering awakening, you know, mm-hmm. especially from basically doing whatever I want, like, throughout the day, you know, to like now you're on our regiment, like, (laughs) now you're in our program, like, that's it. I remember, dude, I I was tearing up, like, crying, thinking of, like, just like, fuck, did I even make the right decision, bro? Mm -hmm. Like, and I can't believe, I, in boot camp, I got put on the, um, on like a, uh, motivation, like, day, so like, they took me out of my platoon, and I basically got to be a Marine for like the whole day, Oh, I hung right. out with the sergeant major of the base, yeah. Sergeant Major Wickham back in the day, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I was like, why is this dude's like freaking so happy?" And I, I thought, like, Buket, that the Marine Corps is gonna be like that the whole time, dog." Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then I came back, just you know, it was cool. I came back strong. I, it, it, like after, like all the guys that I've served with and that know me now, and like people that have you know written up awards for me and stuff. When I tell them that I. That I was in the motivational platoon, dog. They freaking get a crack out of. I never
0: heard. I never heard of that. That Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's how
1: new it was. Wow, wow. I was probably like the prototype or something. Yeah, but that was yeah, that was interesting.
0: Yeah. So talk to me about your military experience, man. Um, You know any? uh, You know what 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 memories you have of uh, you know your your time in service in the Marine Corps?
1: I I just. It was weird because it was, like, the end of Obama years. Mm -hmm. I think there was, like, there was a lot of cutback in funding. Mm -hmm. So, I, like, waited for a long... Like, I didn't hit the fleet until, like, another year. Like, since when I went to boot camp because I was in, like, waiting platoons. I Dude, I got my jaw broken when I was in the AAV school. Like, got jumped out in town. Really? Emergency hospital. Oh, yeah. Tell me that. Completely blacked out. Okay, so we got so when you're a student in the Marine Corps, it's like like basically like it's like you're in boarding school. Like you can't get let out. You can't um so yeah unless you get like special permission, yeah. like commanding officer has to sign off on it. So we we had the opportunity for liberty, right? Mm-hmm. This is when I was like at my peak of like my alcoholism basically and um I dude freaking went to a USC game that day. Um, family lives down the street I was drinking the whole time um, the first night out on Friday we went out to a nightclub right then we came back off two hours of sleep then we went to the USC game with my mom go and visit my aunt my cousins and everybody right there in LA hey let's go to the we went to the same nightclub off Alpha of Figueroa in downtown LA uh-huh. and literally like was walking out with the girl walked back to the to the um The nightclub, uh, uh, the uh, guard, bouncer was like, nope, you're not coming, no re-entry, you're not coming back in. And that's the last I remember. The next thing that I remember was waking up to a firefighter, like, picking me up, like, right in front of, like, where the Staples is at, like, right there. So you don't remember why the fight started or nothing? No, no, apparently there was no altercation. I just got cold clocked. Getting kicked to the face, broke my jaw in like four different places. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Who was with you? Just I was by myself, and all my cousins were inside the um, the, the nightclub, right? Oh
0: man! So
1: um, bl- drunk off my ass, like. Then I went to the police station, mm-hmm. like completely, you know, like you know, still drunk, like aunt and uncle pick me up then I come the next morning I wake up and I look at myself in the mirror and my jaw looked like one of those doggy flapping doors bro oh wow just completely dislocated everything broken. broken the wow. gum line was just broken dog and um, next thing I saw was my mom whooping my cousin's ass dog oh. just hitting him like how did you let this happen to my son you know um didn't go to the hospital. Rejected uh medical attention. Oh it happened. Right? Rejected. So I was like walking around. They just picked me up from the police station, whatever. Yeah. Next day I'm going back to Pendleton. Face is a straight up watermelon, bro. And we're standing there in formation. And you know, when they ask you, like, hey, like, did anybody get in trouble this weekend? Mm-hmm. I was like, Well, I didn't technically because I was calling the station, I was like, you, do you remember me there? And uh, nobody said nothing. Yeah. So I was still delirious. I didn't even know what happened, dog. Then um, they asked, does anybody need to see the corpsman? And I raised up my hand. I was at the back. And everybody looked back at me and was like, what the fuck? And it was like my face was just destroyed, dog. Couldn't even chew. Couldn't even nothing. Oh, my God. So, like, we got to go see the first sergeant. So you go see the first sergeant. And back then, it's like straight intimidation but like, instructors and first sergeants and everything and they're like what happened and I was just like I was playing football and I um let me put my phone aside. I was playing football and I fell and you know that's it Mm. they're like all right now so they drive me to the hospital right my staff sergeant drives me to the hospital staff sergeant Bailey then um we they check me out then we come back and LAPD calls me, detective. Oh, wow. And he goes, Detective Jensen. He goes, hey, Chris. He goes, this is Detective Jensen, LAPD. He goes, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm sitting next to my staff sorry, in the Govey. And he goes, do you know that you got assaulted on Saturday night? And I was like, no. I was like. I didn't even know. He goes, yeah. He goes, and you rejected medical attention, and you just walked it off, and like told you, uh, you told the firefighters and the police officers to just leave you alone. So the cops. Like, then I turned to my side, hang up. Right? He goes, just let me talk to your command. You know, don't worry. He goes, I. But I need to lock these guys up. He's like you got to identify them. Oh. Tell my staff sergeant. I was like, hey, staff I was like, hey, I. Uh, you know, I. Uh, What happened Saturday, I guess I got jumped, and he tore me a new one, dog, and he's like, you're going to have to go see the first sergeant and explain all this, but basically, the detective was like an 05, like, uh, um, reserve Navy, Mm. and he, like, basically, like, talked to the whole chain of command, had completely restructured, uh, um, uh, reconstructive, like, surgery, dog, Mm. yeah, Wow. So sorry, I know I got long winded. No, no, no. That's crazy, And man. uh basically, yeah. Wow. And I was like, and I still didn't stop drinking, though.
0: Oh, no. Then JP, like did two weeks a, later. Did you have a, a, for a different incident? For a
1: different incident. I bought NJ- beer for the guys on base, and they all, one guy got caught by PMO. And obviously, you already know how that goes. Yeah, we go back to first sergeant. Oh man! Oh, dude, a bunch of dudes just ratted on me. Yeah, I was the guy that was buying all the beer. Did you have a drinking problem? You think? For sure. Oh yeah. I. I, So just another thing, I'm over five years clean from drinking.
0: Now. 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 Oh okay. Yeah, I haven't
1: drank. I stopped while I was in the Marine Corps. Mm. I was battling a lot of mental health issues while I was in the. Did military. you have a drinking problem before going into the Marines? I was. I don't know because I just started drinking. My dad was so strict, like no cigarettes, no mm. nothing. So I started drinking when I was in
0: college. College, yeah. Eighteen, a- and years that's old. when that's when you started. It sounds like things started going to shit. right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, so many like dumb things said, done um, when I was drinking, and like, and I was sober. Like I got sober for like six months after that. Like yeah. I got NJP, um, and so
0: the NJP was for buying alcohol for, for minors. Basically. For minors, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I
1: I just owned up to it. I didn't try to fight. Everyone's like, oh, you should have fought it. But- it was a and by
0: minors, what? You you probably bought alcohol for some other 18, Marines. 19, 20-year-old Marines? Yeah, year old for Marines, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I just want to clarify that yeah. so it doesn't sound like you're buying oh, no, alcohol no, no. for some— Oh, uh, no, no, no.
1: Yeah, underage. Underage, Marines on, Marines on base. Yeah,
0: like, I mean, yeah. that's a fucking common thing. Yeah. you just got caught.
1: Dude, yeah. Yeah. Like, how many units do you know that have their PFCs that they deployed right. with that they drink some Budweiser's back at the ramp or back yeah, at the yeah. shop? Come on, dog. For I'm sure. On. So, um, so did you continue drinking after that NGC? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, well, six months after I was, I stayed straight. Hmm. Um, I had like a guy on base who was like sponsoring me or whatever. And then I just one random night, me and the wife go out and like, she's like, Hey, just you know, I have some, like a few, like we'll be good. And I didn't know where that was gonna lead me. So that was like a good, like, year and a half, two years i was just back and forth in a, out of a, clean mm. for a month, clean for two weeks. And I know I had it in me because my dad, he got, di- he died from it. Cause mm. like, that was a big contributing that factor. Game, oh yeah. And my, like, dude, my family, like two bro. they, they like to drink. Like a mm. lot of families. So it's like, it's a little awkward still like showing up like completely like sober, like mm-hmm. everywhere, you know, um, from drinking. So um, what kind of mental health issues were you dealing with? So I couldn't sleep, Doug, while I was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And in boot camp, I showed up to boot camp like two days not slept. I was miserable, dog. And wow. those first four days, like you barely sleep. Yeah. Right? And receiving. Yeah. And receiving. So I was, no, they had no idea like how bad and terrible I felt, Doug. And um, felt like I was going to pass out the whole entire time while I was in the marine corps like in the fleet um basically I for whatever reason I don't know if I had an allergy or what to alcohol I could not fall asleep literally sunday night through friday to through thursday night cuz friday and saturday for sure drinking and I stopped those other days because I worked in heavy equipment so they can just breathalyze you and you're freaking done bro mm. you know uh, showing up to the ramp with any alcohol in your breath, you know, yeah, um so that was a bad cycle of going like five days straight without sleeping. like were you experiencing anxiety? I think so. I mean, I felt like I always did de- like dealt with it, yeah, and I went to like psych and all that, and um it was just like, I don't know, it was just like a weird a weird time, but I was still executing at a very high level, like winning gung ho awards and like. Very popular with, like, my guys, but I was doing that, like, I did basically did, like, three quarters of my Marine Corps career, like, half asleep, dog. Wow. Yeah. I would say I have, like, some street, like street cred with the guys, like, you know, yeah. putting, you know, officers that used to tell me, like, give me orders, like, <clears throat> buying houses now, you know, yeah. and, and guys I served with, superiors, you know, peers and subordinates, you know, trusting me to buy houses. So I, I, I feel like maybe the reputation was pretty decent, Yeah, you know, being in the Marine Corps. Yeah, for
0: that's sure. That's, like,
1: always a testament when a guy comes back and is, like, man, I remember when yeah. this happened or we – because I would be the, like, the – I I was just, like, I think I brainwashed myself with, like, Jocko Willink. Mm-hmm. My mom actually went to a conference of his, and he, like, signed it, and he, like, wrote, like, Semper Fi, like, in there and everything. Nice. So I use that basically as, like, my military Bible to just, like, own up to things, be the volunteer, be the guy that's different, you know? Yeah, extreme ownership, right? Extreme ownership. That book changed my life. Yeah. And it's still, I would say it's still very prevalent now. And that was, like, one of the biggest things when I got out what a lack of ownership people have bro like being passive aggressive mm-hmm. straight up lying just gossiping just shit talking other people behind people it's just like i don't know blaming yeah. other stuff for mistakes bro yeah um talk to
0: me about uh some more of uh, your military experience you know you went on two pumps right non-combat tours yeah. right um, how was it how are those did you so, have a good time
1: yeah I mean now that I look back on it when you know when you're forced to do stuff you don't want to do it at the, at the time huh? <laughs> it was just like it just sucked yeah. dude cause it was just like oh like alright like leave that is fine, didn't um, seem long enough and like it's just like anxious like going dog and we were we thought for sure we were going to North Korea like that was like programmed in <laughs> us we, um, it was it was a crazy experience. Like, got to meet a lot of different militaries from different countries because we we're doing a lot of collaborative stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now that I look at it, it's basically we're building propaganda videos that mm-hmm. we're getting sent to North Korea, like dramatizing like full beach like assaults. Dog, mm-hmm. we did a we did this thing called Cobra Goal in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And that, and uh, we, we were like in a, it was crazy. It was like, we were like in like a stadium and it was just a range and they had like stadium seating in the back. And we did like a full frontal, like attack. And I'm talking about like jets dropping freaking bombs, dog. Like shaking the track, like Abrams next to us. Like, like it was like a full on show and you see dudes in like sheiks coming out of these, like, like Rolls Royce trucks and like, and, and like. I'm sure there was some defense contractors there, yeah. and like and they'd be all like, like clapping. So it was like a weird, like thing because it was like almost like we were playing war. Yeah, you know. And wow. then um, that was my first trip, you know. And then I, I got an award on ship, so I got to go to the DMZ while we were in Korea. So it was crazy to see like a soldier right there, like a North Korean soldier. Well, that's Korean right. You won, well,
0: you won, you won Marina the ship or something. Yeah. And Marina how do how
1: do you win that? I mean, I I was just like they just submitted my name for it just for
0: being fucking I guess like for having your shit together yeah
1: just uh-huh. tracks is just a lot of miscellaneous like just bs like mm-hmm. to do all day like there's a lot of maintenance that's done yeah um of the tracks and I would just like volunteer yeah for it. that's for as long as I can remember I was pretty much volunteering for everything and, and, and like my peers I mean, hated me for it for a while. <laughs> and Then I think they learned to respect it now Yeah, because we reflect when we talk with the guys. My subordinates for sure hated it because I was just like, they're like, hey, we need three Marines. They'll be like, okay. us." It'd be like your track, like your driver and your rear mm-hmm. I'd be like, when I was a crew chief, I'd be like, hey, whatever they need, volunteer for it. And yeah. those guys, I'm like, my, my boy Kyle Standage, he's a, like a DI right now at MCRD, and like we are like super tight and the other guy uh cameron Pravlik, he's back east like he has a great like electrical job in like maryland and like i'm still really close with them so mm. uh, we reflect back on those yeah. times a lot and how-
0: so you get marina the ship and yeah. then you get to do what now you say you went to north so Korea? we went to
1: we got to go to the dmz right some tour and I went with my brass and it was like, it was crazy, dog. We were at the bottom of career, eight hours up, going to the 38th, 30, 39th parallel. I can't remember which one it is. It's, uh, dude, we show up and like, dude, eerie, dog. It's like, because you see it on, you see it on TV, right? Like yeah. dudes staring at each other, the slab in the middle and everything. Like it was just eerie because dudes were just like looking at each other, bro. Wow. And that was crazy though. Not saying shit, huh? And I was in civvies. Like oh. we weren't like in military like garrison at all. Mm. And we get to cross into the room. And it was just it was a really interesting experience though. Yeah. yeah. Um did you do did you get any libo
0: in uh Thailand?
1: Thailand, yes. That was crazy. I can't believe what they let of, Marines do that. What it's kind of like, stuff? <laughs> uh, it's just like. <laughs> what kind of stuff did you do in Thailand? <laughs> not, not me personally. I was still drinking at the time, so yeah. I was like still an alcohol. But like, thank God, bro. Like I was asked all the homies, dog. I was beyond like I was faithful, dog. Like, yeah, my, I was married already. Um, what, what kind of stuff did you see out there, though? Oh man, like it, like I remember the gunny. Telling us, telling all the grunts, we were with one five, like we were in the ship. Like, hey, he goes, if she's a ten, it's a dude. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what, (laughs) dude? It was wild, man. Like, basically, look, like Vegas, like on steroids, bro. But like, not as glamorous at all, because it's like you know a third world country, basically. Like, it was just crazy. Beer was like not like with five bucks American dollars, you can just like have the time of your life in Thailand. Dude, I've
0: heard some wild. I I didn't, I've never been to Thailand, but I've heard some, you know, those fucking shows that fucking Marines go to. Oh,
1: all the ping pong stuff and all, all it was, it was, like, basically, like, a place of no morals. I was like, damn, these guys don't care out here. It just made me appreciate America, like, way more, man. Yeah. I was just like, gosh, man.
0: Yeah. What other places did you get a visit?
1: I, I went to... So, I went to Korea. That was dope. Um, obviously, Oki. Um On the second Westpac, we went to Australia. That, mm-hmm. was, that was awesome. And then Thailand. And I think... And Guam, I got to go to. It's like an island off there, mm-hmm. so... What that was Australia fun. like? Australia, super clean city. Um, that libo was fun. Got to see Manny Pacquiao fight. Oh, nice! They're like, wow! They're Australian like hero. He ended up the Australian guy won. It was it was fun. The um, guy, I know the guys had fun for sure out there.
0: I hear they, I hear they love Americans in Australia. Yeah, so that, yeah, is that right?
1: Yes, they they. Like, There's like, I think there's like a culture thing with like men in Australia that the the women, like, I don't know, like you have to treat women in a certain way that's not popular over there, man. So when they see American dudes, they already know it's like, Uh. I guess we're polite and mannerful, you know. Mm. I was going to school full time while I I was taking a class a month online school while I was in the Marine Corps, too. Mm. So that kind of leads into transition. Yeah. What were you going to school for? Um, th- I gotta be a bachelor's of science in organizational leadership, but okay. it was more of a degree. Is I call it the bachelor's of science of getting my mom off my back, though. she <laughs> was just so like about education and everything. And My brother went to Pepperdine, like oh nice, graduated like super high grades. I graduated college before I did. Yeah, so um, you know there was a lot of. I would say there was just a lot of pressure to do it, you know? Right. Ended up getting the degree, graduating. Um, Then uh, one month, so I was starting, I had started a digital marketing business while I was in the Marine Corps as a Lance Corporal, my first Westpac. Um, I had failed businesses before I joined the Marine Corps. So my partner, who is still my partner to this day, Nick Casillas, he's involved with the Marine Corps League and everything he uh we've been in business for six years now um Mm -hmm. he basically asked me like he went and like we split up from our our digital marketing company that we had before the marine corps he went and became like a web guru Mm -hmm. and he's like hey i just want like a salesman here man to like basically help me with everything and So we we started a business. It's called now Surge Digital Consultants. Mm, Nice. I had some... It was weird. Like, I was playing kind of like a double life a little bit. Yeah. Because I would be, like, getting out of the Marine Corps and then going to, like, business meetings or, like, functions, like, getting in, like, a suit, you know? Yeah. And this was, like, in the middle, like, between when I was, like, my first and, like, second Westpac. So it's, Mm. like... And, you know, in tracks, as trackers know, you're always in the field training and stuff. So I would, like, squeeze this stuff in.
0: Yeah. So when did you um, transition out? What year was it? 2018. 2018. Yeah. So not too long ago. No. So talk to me about what that was like for you transitioning after serving four years in the Marines.
1: So it was um, different, for sure. I think because I already had, like, an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. And everything I already had like stuff going, like I had a business that was already like making money and stuff. And I know that's not the reality for a lot of guys, you know. So I was very privileged to have that, Mm -hmm. very fortunate. Um, and then I it was like a month. I don't even really remember the month, but then I went to I went to USC. Um, like like a month after I got out of the Marine Corps. Oh wow! So that was like a whole change of scenery from yeah. you know kind of like a, i would say it's low-key a little toxic bro Very <laughs> <the laughs> core to like
0: to usc it, yeah it's
1: like we get like catered meals and it was like and it's very just like elaborate dog. like yeah. the buildings and everything like this is tight and i was the youngest one in the class it was for uh it's called the masters of business for veterans so i was the youngest cat in the class so everybody was older so everybody dog like, had way more salt than me, dog, like, mm. dudes that have, like, commanded, like, platoons in Iraq, Afghanistan, honor grads from West Point, honor grads from Annapolis, bro, and I was just like, dog, I'm just a tracker, bro, like, <laughs> You know, but I, you know, I finished my school, and the whole GI bill and everything just took care of it, it was like, you know, 50, $55,000 bill, just, and getting wow. paid to go, and I was like, you know, I still got years left on my GI Bill. Like, if I—that's like my fallback, fallback, you know, plan, dog. You know, if if anything ever happened. But
0: um, your mom must be proud of the, the U.S. Oh yeah, bro. yeah,
1: and she went to SC and didn't finish, so that mm. was kind of like some divine intervention bro, <laughs> getting in, bro. And it yeah. was dream school. Um, got to meet other. I never connected with other veterans outside of the Marine Corps. Yeah. so that was a, a great experience to hear like other like. I, cause you know, you always just hear like trash talk about soldiers, like army soldiers. Dog, I met some dudes that were like, that did some intense stuff. Yeah. Army soldiers out in Iraq and stuff, man. But that was, that was a good experience. So that was, that helped me transition because it was like very career oriented. Yeah. But man, like some of the stories, like when we would socialize and get together, some of the stories that I heard, cause some of these cats were in their 40s already Mm -hmm. 50s some of them doing career changes and then telling me about how their transition was as a veteran and i was like gosh man and i and so many dudes would tell me like dude you're so like fortunate like you're so lucky like you don't even know the opportunity you have Mm -hmm. to create something of yourself but there was a lot of self-inflicted wounds like before that so that's like basically when i was joining the marine corps and everything i was the older guy 21 and eight so that was like psychologically like like my my The dudes that were like blasting me were younger than me dog, mm-hmm. you know, like my corporals and stuff, right? Um, and That was a big psychological thing. So when I got to SC I, it almost felt like I made it like mm-hmm. I caught up in life you right, know? right, that was a big insecurity from I saw all my friends graduating college and everything and I'm over here barely joining the Marine Corps Almost feeling like just very novice in life, dog, like entry mm. level. So I battled that mentally a lot, dog. Mm. Yeah.
0: So you would you get out of SC a bachelor's, master's, yeah, masters? master's
1: in business for veterans? So, it, it a program it was like a sixth session. Yeah. And um, that was a great experience, man. Nice. Went nice. to football games. Studied hard. So uh did you
0: uh, did you struggle with anything at all transitioning out or it sounds like it was pretty I, I pretty think smooth. it was
1: I think just the general business like the adversity you face as a business owner mm-hmm. I went through that um I almost bought a hydroponic store for the you know the growing cannabis industry mm-hmm. like and that deal fell through so I was like involved with like realtors lenders and clients like throughout you know so it, I have faced I guess, like, I like on the surface, it's like a like good head on your shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, as you probably know, as a business owner, like, you just have, like, adversity life yeah. throughout your day. That's dog. all there is. You man, know what I mean? Just, Bills don't stop. Yeah. Um, just random stuff You're like just, that. So I've dealt with, like, a lot of those anxieties. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said there's some sob story to this because... Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's definitely been earned, you know, to to get to I I put in the hours. Right. So
0: what would you suggest to, um, you know, earlier you were just talking about how, uh, you know, most veterans or people transitioning out of the military have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah. What would you suggest that they do? How long before getting out, you know, what should they start to do I so they don't th- end up in a situation of fucking just being lost right when I they get th- out?
1: I think like uh, me and Nelson, we went to go talk with, we had the opportunity to talk with some uh, police, mm-hmm. like some recruiter tracker guy, staff mm-hmm. NCO that I knew. He invited us to come speak and I was telling them like, yo, like, start having a vision now of like what you want to be in life and then like build that action plan and like i think the marine corps and the military in general bro is so is such an amazing platform to basically succeed off of mm-hmm. go to school pay for it. get into a house builds wealth you know zero down payment um, um uh the network of just how many people want to hire veterans and how many like amazing jobs are out there for prior military that's a huge bonus that i see a guy's not taking advantage of enough you know Mm -hmm. um i i would say like dude like i think reading has definitely changed a lot of wires rewired a lot of stuff in my mind just to think different you know Mm. be different i think the marine corps psychologically it just freaking tunnels you in and like yes like uphold yourself like follow everything if you can brainwash yourself with the marine corps like you'll turn out to be a decent human being right Mm -hmm. you know some other guys might argue but um also like you gotta have that like be able to think for yourself kind of mentality that entrepreneurial spirit and like you know be able to network and that's what we're trying to do with the marine corps league like we're trying to get and talk with these guys like before they're getting out like hey you know, some guys are, like, close to getting out. Like, hey, you know, you want to have a good network, a good tribe. I would say for somebody who's trying to succeed in life, surround yourself with the high performers. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, sometimes the Marine Corps, like, because you're in a, a platoon, you're supposed to be their one. So, it kind of forces you to be, like, good friends with some of the shitheads. But some of them are just yeah. shitheads. But your tribe, is so you get the proper mentorship talk to the career planner, talk to, vet- go visit a veteran resource center at a college, just get the general. I think that a lot of veterans succeed when they know the structure. Um, what kind of books are you reading? I, li- I like reading stuff about sales. I like reading stuff about mindfulness, like about meditation and breath work. Um, I like reading a lot about like leadership, just like great stories. Lately, uh, I've been jumping more into my spiritual faith, so I've been reading a lot more faith-based. Uh, you know, everything just you know, kind of like a. I'm doing like a study plan, Bible-wise, mm-hmm. right now. Reading scripture—that's that has I felt like it's taken a big uh, impact on my life too. Mm. Um, but you know, anybody who's watching this, man, I can send them a reading list that'll keep them busy for yeah two years. Dog, <laughs> awesome.
0: nice, awesome, man. Um, well, shit, dude. We're getting ready to cut the tape, but uh, before we end, I always ask, uh, give you opportunity to uh, for any last words, man. Before we end it,
1: part of there was actually another incident in the Marine Corps that I just thought about right now.
0: Okay, um,
1: and this is gonna be like my last remarks because I haven't even mentioned, barely have mentioned my wife. Hmm. My wife is a massive part of why I succeed now she literally just her in my life has given me like so much confidence like self-esteem wise and everything she's just always been there from like a little like shale apartment in in um oceanside to like us living in our town home now like you know things are she's been there like since the start right she's seen it all um i almost got a divorce with her and i you know i thank god every day two years in like to our marriage that 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 got like resolved. Like we went, I'm very active at the church, at Saddleback Church and, you know, Purpose Driven Life book, like that was actually part of the, that was the book that I read before I got sober. So that was like, that, that put me on track. And then we went through our marriage counseling. And like, I think that my last message to guys is obviously be prepared, like to get out and like surround yourself with a great tribe. I know that sounds cliche, but, you know, marriage problems are, I feel like, add a lot. And I think the data is pretty high with divorces with veterans and military. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if, if you're having trouble, like, give at least counseling and some resolution instead of just making an abrupt decision. Because that costs a lot of money. It puts dues in the whole child's, you know. So that's my advice because my wife is the biggest, you know, finding that spouse that's just will be a trampoline for for your whole entire life that's so important man yeah
0: i'm glad you mentioned your wife because part of what we're trying to do here at urban valor is build a community for veteran spouses as well because uh you know uh, oftentimes they just go unheard you know what i mean um we're focused on the combat vet with ptsd uh or mental health problems or um but we don't talk about the wife that has to deal with the changing husband who comes home who's a whole different person now and stuff and so this is why we also interview spouses and stuff so we could put their perspective out there and help build a community for them as well so i'm happy you did mention your wife yeah it's awesome and i know
1: she has networked and talked with other wives as well a lot of like my peers has got like wives and stuff and she she gives out a lot of advice, but yeah. let us know about that network. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Chris. Appreciate you being oh. here, brother. Thank you, brother. It was an honor, man. Hope this touches somebody and feel free to reach out anytime. If, Absolutely. if you guys see anything anything you guys like. semper fi Push it to the limit, I can't go no more.